0: Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in Death series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ.
1: I'm Jen. I'm Tara.
0: And this is episode number 193 of Podcast in Death. And in this episode, we are going to review the reviews of Celebrity in Death. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. Which
0: is such a great book that we're going to have just all glowing reviews, right? Of people that right. just think it's a fantastic book. <laughs> yeah,
1: people are really good at glowing reviews.
0: Yeah. Some people are. Some people it's are true. not. No. Some people so, are not. <laughs> um, um, okay. Especially this first one star
1: this
2: review. One, <laughs> I Here just we I'm already angry.
1: Okay. Here we go, guys. Jumping in with a one star. Terrible. Never again will I buy a book at Costco's where a book (laughs) like this is with the best sellers. What is up with the terminology? A link. I realize that this is a futuristic novel, but come on now. Police took away her link. He didn't turn his link off. And if it is so high tech 50 to 60 years from now, why are all the other props present time? And the LT is a woman. What the heck is this calling her sir? Supposed to be respect from the LT's lower ranked partner, flat out stupid. The celebrities are, of course, predictable. The sweet leading lady, the kind, sweet leading lady, the leading man that everyone wants, but is rather dim witted. The PI, of course, has the floozy looking and talking receptionist. And no shock that the fuzzy, <laughs> I think that, that, is, she, that
0: she did mean floozy. I think she meant oh, floozy, sure.
1: but she said. Uh, uh and no shock that the pi was doing shady work all predictable and just plain awful throw in the mandatory hot sex scenes i guess if you want to read a romance novel then read it all right <laughs> okay why did you pick up a romance novel then you fucker
0: <laughs> it was at Costco. Costco's, Costco's. <laughs> among the best sellers i love how she's like why is a book like this among the best sellers because it's because a bestseller. It's the best-seller.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My God, like, that's why. What <laughs> is up with these people complaining about Link all of a sudden? It's like every fucking week, or every time we yeah. do a review, the reviews they're complaining right. about
1: Link. What? 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 what why are you mad? <laughs> why right. are you mad about this? It's I that and also also Eve being called sir. Like yeah. I'm sorry that you have archaic ideas about how people should speak to women in le- in like, you know, high ranking positions. Yeah. But like okay, you are the reason why we are still struggling to like get rid of these genderized terms. So fuck yeah. you.
2: Thank you.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Did I send you guys that meme the other day? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? A coworker, why do you call everybody fucker? Me, because it's general, <laughs> gender neutral.
1: Yeah, well,
0: there you
2: go. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> Works for me. So yeah, Jen? it just uh, yeah. Oh. I, I don't know. Yeah. No. no. I, yeah. What else is there to say? <laughs> oh. Not much that we haven't already said. <laughs> one, one star. star. Nora continues to disappoint, as she has in the last few books. The plot is very weak, and she adds about 80 pages of boring, redundant interviews of possible suspects just to fill space. Her biggest strength has always been interplay of continuing characters. She devotes perhaps 10 pages to this. There is so much possible material with her 10 or so cohorts. Wish she would just, wait, wish she would quit weakening her rep with this junk. What? I, mean, I don't, she's I don't weakening think she, her rep. No,
0: I don't, don't worry. know that
1: that we read the same book because there were <laughs> lots of pages, a lot of interaction. With yeah. Everyone, yeah. definitely,
0: yeah. That's just a, a lot of thing. pages with Peabody.
1: Yeah,
0: a lot of great banter. So yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. and also like plenty of job.
1: time with a lot of secondary characters. Yeah. yeah. We get time. We get a lot of time with Nadine. We get we get time with Mavis. Like we, what the hell? What book did you Mira? read?
0: We have a Bella yeah. moment.
1: We have a Bella yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> like so. what book did you read? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's the same one we wrote.
0: Apparently, read. Uh, apparently, uh, I don't think it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> apparently not. All right. So the next one star review. I do not believe this book was written by Nora Roberts, a.k.a. J.D. Robb. If it was, maybe she has multiple personality disorder. Oh,
1: my God.
0: This was Eve Dallas being her most unprofessional ever. Some sentences I had to read several times to understand what was being said. It only got a star because it started to read... It only got a star because it started to read and have the old feel of the in Death series around page 240 to the end. Here are some things I had a problem with. Well, at least she does give us that. Here's a list of what she had a problem with. What does this mean? Quote, unlike the early morning pulse and mumble, Asher's building held quiet midday. Held quiet midday. What is that? Literally what it says. Right. The building, hold is you know, is not holding you know, people and noise. It's holding, quiet.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Okay. Busy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Sure. It's not something that everybody says every day, but it makes sense. Right. Um. Also, why wasn't Feeney, He was hardly mentioned in this book, and Morris not included in the party with all the Hollywood big shots.
2: Maybe they couldn't be there.
1: Maybe and they're not really big characters in the movie. Like they didn't invite exactly. every fucking minor actor, did they? That we literally saw the actor playing Cherio and right. that person wasn't invited to this party, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. So, calm yeah. down. <clears throat> um, how could Eve, a lieutenant, walk into a department whose head is a captain, Feeney, using his people to help her without clearing it with Feeney? She has never done this before. Total disrespect. Like, uh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, And the biggest mistake in this book, when Eve Dallas casually told an employee that her boss was murdered, and I quote, he was struck on the back of his head with a statue of a black bird. And I end quote. She said that to a civilian, it makes no sense she would disclose information like that. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, all right. Why, after Asher was murdered, did she not go to his apartment to investigate? She went instead to the Hollywood big shots to let them know someone else was murdered. By the time it crossed her mind to check out Asher's apartment, somebody else had beaten her to it.
2: It's Asner, by the way. but
0: <laughs> Yeah. All of the above and more was why I gave it one star. The book was well was not well written. I felt as if I was fumbling my way through the entire book with Eve Dallas. So I, the, <laughs> so th- this person is like because I mean sh- they're making the assumption that because Eve didn't go right away to Asner's apartment that somebody else went there and it's like well it, it's possible that person was already there. Yeah. Even before they knew Asher went, was dead. He probably
2: dead. went right. right after he killed yeah. him. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Also, like,
1: what is like, why are you determining prudency on this? Like, um, she knows the fucking killer is not like yeah. you know, that it's one of these fuckers she talked to the night the KT was murdered. Right. So like prudency would be like, I need to go back to these people. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? Someone else was murdered and I need to see how you all react to this. Like,
2: okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, My favorite about this is the biggest mistake (laughs) that she told an employee how, like, sometimes she does that. Like, sometimes she tells people what exactly happened because it's not something like, why can't she say that? Right. Like, what rules say she can't say that? she's trying to preserve an investigation. It's different, but that, that is not, she doesn't need to preserve any of that.
0: I mean, even if you, if you, I mean, if you watch true crime, you know, uh, the police will often go to somebody and go, Hey, do you own a gun? What, what kind of gun is it? Is it? So Mm -hmm. that person now knows, Oh, that even if you didn't know, and, and you probably already knew by that time that somebody was shot. Right. Right. So it doesn't really give anything away to say, like you know, no. Well, oh, I better not. We better not tell anyone that that person was shot. No, you need to know if somebody has a yeah. gun and the of the kind of caliber that was used on the person. You know. Yeah. So I get that sometimes you want to keep things um, from people because they're pertinent to the case. I just don't think that this is. No. I, I just don't think it was a clue that that would have made any difference at all. He just grabbed something and hit the guy over the head. Exactly. It's not a clue. I mean, Eve's smart enough to know that that's not a clue that is pivotal to finding who did this. So it's like, you know, I don't know. It's yeah. just a dumb review. It, yeah. It's, so.
1: I mean, like while I, I do, I do appreciate the, I want to tell you why, like that is really it's really a, a collection of dumb reasons why.
0: And, you know, I mean, how many times has Eve given McNabb something to do without consulting Feeney? Yeah. For she does it all the time.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. She's also also said, and, like, I would just assume this has happened. This was probably the case any time. She also has said to McNabb, clear that with Feeney. Right. Like, yeah. they're, they're fucking adults. He can He can talk to his captain himself.
0: Right. You know? Right. And Eve is not the person that would disrespect Feeney at all, ever. No, like
1: what, what why are you why In are you minute. trying to create this conflict between Eve and Feeney? <laughs> yeah. It's dumb. Because you didn't get to it's go dumb. to the party, Tara. So. Uh, well Yeah. yeah. She's <laughs> so mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, do dumb. you could you imagine if Eve was like, actually Feeney, I would like you to go to the party in my in my place and he'd be like, he'd be like, fuck no. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, Exactly. Oh mm-hmm. my God.
1: Well, we can so. move on to two stars. All right. I'm sure that these are gonna be great too. Uh two stars. I've generally enjoyed the in-depth books, but I felt like this one was really phoned in. It had all the basic plot points of a Matlock show. Wow. Obvious plot point dialogue. Peabody before first death. I saw a soon-to-be victim banging on a trailer door, yelling and cussing. Plot point alert. Too many suspects to count, and no real explanation of how Eve decided on the one that ended up being the villain. No real red herrings either. Also, several scenes in the book are spent looking for a man who is obviously, to the reader, already dead. When Eve doesn't realize that until the last possible second, it makes her character, who has other, been who has otherwise been so smart in previous books, TSTL. What does that mean?
0: Too stupid,
1: Too stupid to, to live. live. Too stupid to live. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> the usual drama of the final scenes were missing as well. And there was a, also no real movement in the relationships of the main characters either. If we're going to have a crappy murder to solve, can we at least get some character development? Instead, it was all jumping in the sack, lather, rinse, repeat. I really hope this series isn't going the way of Stephanie Plum sucking out every last dollar long after the ideas have dried up. I feel like they copied and pasted this from another review. This is like Probably. the most this is like the most unuseful review ever. Yeah.
2: And like that the, yeah. looking for a man who's obviously to the reader already dead. No. No. Because most of the time they were looking for him. They went to his office. He wasn't dead yet. They went to other places looking for him. He wasn't dead yet. He wasn't dead yet. They didn't find him dead until the morning after he died. Because he wasn't dead yet. Because he wasn't dead yet.
0: I understand when people, because we do, we do this. You know, I mean, we're reading something and we we go in our heads like, "Oh, this guy's going to be dead." Mm -hmm. I mean, it's. Obviously, oh yeah, That's we all, we all knew he was going to
1: die. Yeah, right. You know, so but it's not he like wasn't already dead. And
0: it and That's just because point. Eve doesn't say it when we say yeah. it when we think it in our heads, obviously she's stupid, stupider than us. Right? No, it was written that way. It was you know yeah. it's going to happen, you know, yeah. and nothing yeah. in the text says that Eve didn't know. Eve probably like us probably suspected. Yeah, but didn't say anything so it's like yeah. eve has to tell you what she's thinking at all times or else she doesn't think that and it's, she's stupid. too stupid to live yeah too stupid to live like come on
2: yeah that's but
0: also
1: this whole this whole thing about the plot points and stuff like literally i don't yes yeah, sure it's a plot point this whole thing about peabody seeing KT yeah. bang. She's literally telling Eve about her experience with KT. Yeah. That is right. like, yes, it is a plot point, but it's also like they were in the vehicle going to the murder scene, and yeah. she's like, yeah, well, well, you know, this wasn't as cool as it could have been because KT is a bitch. Like right. that all yeah. makes sense. But but right. apparently that is that is too too upfront as a plot point, uh as a clue to everything. So But Um, this is a book that is (laughs) supposed to
0: be giving us clues like that.
1: Exactly. So I was like, why are you mad about these clues? And like the whole thing about like no real explanation, like literally like there's several chapters of the explanation as to how you've got to this conclusion. Why do people always say this in their reviews? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing is if he just came out of nowhere at the end of the book, you'd be mad about that. So stop. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Just shut up. Yeah, you'd be like, "How did she even get there? We didn't. We she didn't explain how she even got there." Like you know,
1: with the character development thing, I'm like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Yeah, like, yeah, this is this is one. This is where we met. What's his face? And Eve was like, "Okay, this guy's not too bad." Yeah, Um, and like actually interacted with um, the media guy civilly. That's pretty remarkable. Um, Also literally peabody and mcnab make literally make the decision that they're going to get married someday i right. don't i don't know what, what that is that must not be character That's development character or case. any progression no. at all no no not what? at all
2: <laughs>
1: none right what like Ugh. okay yeah yeah man.
0: stupid it's just really 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 dumb <laughs> okay
2: if you're we if saw. you're mad about it just stop reading <laughs> Just. Yeah. Shush. All right, two stars. The latest addition to the Indus series has been a big disappointment. The story was totally low-key and the ending was worse. Any rookie cop could do what Eve did, especially with all the help she gets from her perfect and rich husband. There was no action or suspense. It felt like I was reading an excerpt from Leave It to Beaver, all neatly planned and resolved. The concept was excellent, with the production of the Icove story gone, to ho- gone Hollywood, but the rough and tough Eve and company were definitely not present. What is with Eve having a sip of wine while on the job? Is she losing her edge now that she is used to being in the limelight? I must prefer the er- I much prefer <laughs> the earlier books. If the stories don't get back to the way they were started, I am finished with this series. Well, bye, Felicia. Bye. Yeah, that's.
0: <laughs> I even had to look up that part, like Eve having a sip yeah, of she wine. Literally because
2: literally, has a minute sip. It says, "Yeah, yeah." It's not like she took the bottle and got hammered. <laughs> yeah. So it just, it's just so
0: it's such a weird thing to complain about. Yeah. So is
1: she losing her edge? Why now? is she
0: drinking on the job? She's not. There's no. No. She,
1: she had a sip of wine. She's losing her edge. Does she like being famous? <laughs> She's famous. She she thinks she can have wine now on the job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do when you're famous. Yeah. No action yeah, The perfect rich husband. And really, what did he do in this one that helped her out so much? Not that much, really. I mean,
2: she kind of bounced things off him. He didn't really even.
0: Yeah, he didn't do anything more than he normally I mean, he does. He
2: did some financial stuff.
0: And that's something he normally does. So it's like, I don't understand why it was different right. in this book. So I don't know
2: because this person is done with the series and they can go bye-bye. See ya. Yeah. I I guess guess they much prefer Uh, the earlier books. Well, good. Okay. Well, you know,
0: I mean, that's fine. You can keep reading those. I don't know why. That's fine. You don't have to read them.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
0: But so, okay. Well, whatever. All right. So next two star (laughs) review. Slogged through this, (laughs) I've read some of the Eve Dallas stories before, but had forgotten most of the peripheral characters, annoying to keep track of so many names, plus the actors who play them. A very bad person named KT is killed. In being able to make your own rules when writing a story, why not simply be happy someone did away with her and spend your energies <laughs> elsewhere? <Wow.
1: laughs> like Oh my god. What?
0: <laughs> like, what? <laughs> that <it> <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> You need some therapy, <laughs> honestly. Um, naturally, we get a lot of s- sex scenes with Rourke, a fantasy man the skinny bitch is married to. Hard to picture him being in lust with a woman described the way she is. Uh, how is she described? That isn't attractive. I don't know. Okay. Also,
1: lust. What? <laughs> Just put the um, book down.
0: <laughs> right. What is this ridiculous obsession with dressing Eve in designer clothes? I feel like Eve probably thinks the same thing. <laughs> um, the cat makes an appearance, which is cool. <laughs> Eve finally does some real police work looking for other deaths any of her suspects may have been involved with bingo finally we have a reason to investigate the stories are supposed to be set around 2060 i hope by the time 2060 (sighs) rolls around that women stop thinking they need to wear sky high heels as nadine the reporter does they just slow you down well, I don't disagree with that point.
1: Right. But also, if women want to wear them, wear them.
0: Mm hmm. He doesn't. Like, right. stop being so judgy. But, like, yeah, that's this. <laughs> this review is like, holy. Yeah. Wow. Like, what is this ridiculous obsession with dressing, even designer clothes? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I see it as leonardo being in a relationship and or married to her best friend and he's a designer and it started out like he she wanted to help him out like you you do you know i'll do your wedding dress if you'll allow me to do to design all of your like trousseau okay that seems like a good bargain and then after that, it's like yeah let's let's use leonardo because you know i mean he's he's a designer that she knows and he needs the cred right
1: i don't know why people are mad about this like yeah, Eve, Eve has first of all, Eve has kind of the body of a supermodel, anyway, like she really mm-hmm. does. Which, Model, is, yeah, and so being able to design for her, I'm sure, is really really great for Leonardo. Also, like, right, why, why are you mad about this?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but Tara, she's not described obviously as a supermodel because. We don't know. It's hard to picture Rourke being in lust with a woman. described the way she is. Like, Whatever what, the
1: fuck that means. How, like, yeah. What does like, that mean?
0: What? Yeah.
1: What? What do you like, want this woman to that's look a like?
2: Trash
0: statement right there. Uh, what? Yeah. What is she supposed to look? What is Rourke supposed to be attracted to? And it, she she is described as being attractive. Yes. So, so like yeah she has short hair so clearly
1: oh, that's not attractive our, like oh what okay yeah, that's yeah. like that was yeah, like I my ex-husband also hated short hair as like um and both of you both of you have short hair and you are both beautiful so fuck off like i i, I yeah <laughs> and you know i mean she's described as
0: not wearing a lot of makeup for a while i'm
1: allowed to have short hair yeah yeah you know i mean still
0: beautiful there are a lot of women who have short hair are gorgeous and you know what, what I mean, is
1: that obs- like what what yeah. are, what is their obsession with this because in the same fucking review they're like women shouldn't wear high heels but also apparently
0: women can't have short hair well, obviously well, we're no, assuming say that's that, what they but meant but we're, yeah we're assuming because i can't think of anything else that that in the no. way that eve is described that would be unattractive Yeah. I so I don't get How idea. do you make that determination that the way she's described, it doesn't seem like she'd be the kind of woman that Bork <laughs> would be attracted to? Like, uh, uh, how are you sense. making that determination? Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. So, so weird, and this whole part about why not just simply be happy that KT dead and right. I'm go like, about your um, so you're cool with murder?
2: Uh,
1: okay. Like, 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 oh well, that was that's what they don't have to worry about. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? Oh, if, thank like, God, if, it was just KT. We <laughs> can go on
0: to other. Like,
1: if Eve's job was actually like, we only uh, like, oh, um this guy was murdered. Okay, what, but was he a good guy? Oh, he wasn't. It's fine. We don't have to worry about- it. We'll wait for the next one. Who cares? <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dump them in the same mass grave that we put all the other right? bad guys oh, all in, all the all let's the bad just guys, be done with get it. Get rid of them. We can.
1: <laughs> okay. Thank you, murderer. Like- <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> you did us a favor. <laughs> right (laughs) such so weird just keep killing bad people and you're good otherwise you have to go to prison
0: (laughs) such a weird (laughs) statement to me so so weird (laughs) jesus anyway
1: all right the next one is two stars I was excited when I realized J.D. Robb is actually Nora Roberts. Not that I've read any of her books as Nora Roberts though. <laughs> just that I've heard good things about her books. So I was sure I was in great hands. Oh. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Disappointed okay. was the first is the first that comes to mind, but that's what expectations do to one's mind, huh? Well, to be fair, there is a story in it, a good one, I'd reckon, if I hadn't expected to be mind-blown. I was confused from the start with too many characters and futuristic jargon that I might have gotten familiar with if I had read the series from the start. Hey, they said it's a standalone enough that you don't have to read the earlier ones. Most of these future thingies are non imaginable, and this coming from someone who has, in my own opinion, very high imagination when it comes to books. <laughs> I still can't imagine links, though I think it's a crossroad <laughs> between, between a phone, and okay. note organizer, home security, whatnot. You can't, you have a great imagination, but you can't imagine a link. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like the story, though. <laughs> I think it would make a good movie, too, since the plot is, while unremarkable, quite unique unremark
0: okay. unremarkable but unique okay
1: right oh, okay you don't know what you're saying i'm not sure if i'd be <laughs> picking <laughs> I, i'm not sure i'd be if i'd be picking up any jd rob books in the near future i'm already weary of a couple of her Nora roberts books i've bought but haven't read yet wish me luck why did you buy them why
2: did you buy them
0: <laughs> she she you know she has but she friends. was
2: excited she has read
0: oh, heard only good things about wow. her books yeah but okay. not read them well yeah. i mean like wow. <laughs> but it that that doesn't mean that that author will be for you so you know right like you go in with high expectations right. and that's on you yeah
1: yeah nor doesn't you know? give a shit if you like her books so-
0: <laughs> no no and i don't know how you know Oh, I've heard so many things about this author. So I I expect my mind to be blown. it's like, (laughs) uh, well, Mm. I mean, (laughs) you
1: sometimes have. Okay. But that's kind of on you. It's
0: on you. That's sometimes an author doesn't hit like, like you think it will. And that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I've read books where people like raved about, like, I think I said before, like the Outlander series. I mean, that, that is a series that people rave about, Mm -hmm. like rave about. Yeah, and I went in like, oh, okay, well, this yeah. must be good because so many of my mm-hmm. friends are like, oh, you got to read Highland uh, or Outlander. Sorry, you got to read Outlander, and I, I read it and yeah. I was bored, and it was like, okay, well, that's just not oh. for me. And yeah, yeah. so I just yeah. didn't. I but I didn't put a review anywhere saying yeah. like this book is fucking boring. Like you know, <laughs> I it just wasn't for me. <laughs> you know? It's it, well, it's, I mean I thought it was. Boring. And I mean, but there's yeah. there so many no, people was, out there that, that I, blown same away one. by that book. And Love them. Okay. Love them. Yeah. It's just not for me. And that's fine. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I mean, I don't know why you'd read you buy a bunch of books from an author, you know, and then go like I'm just now I'm afraid to read any of these other books because I'm clearly not gonna be
2: I didn't you know, like blown this away one by
0: them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What? It's just you know <laughs> such a weird again, such a weird wow. review. You know. Very so. weird. And this and I story is sorry, story is un, unremarkable but quite unique and would what make a good mean? movie. Like what well, how how is the story unremarkable but also would make a great movie? What are you trying to also say, unique? right? Like, I, I don't understand that part at all either. Weird. So they, yeah, (laughs) yeah.
2: Okay, we're into three stars, (laughs) y'all. This must have been the most boring and the less intrigued I've ever been in a murder mystery book in the forty-plus installments of the series I've read so far. Maybe Eve was still out of her game due to the Dallas happenings. Maybe Peabody, (laughs) Peabody, Peabody, Peabody. Uh, (laughs)
0: you know. I don't know.
2: <laughs> was a bit starstruck from all the famous people around. Maybe it was the nature of the crime that looked like an accident or self-termination, but Eve kept turning in circles and repeating the same again and again. Rourke, of course, saves the day once more with his smart comments and additional questions that have has Eve changing gears and speeding right towards the right direction. I enjoyed very much the confrontation with the bad guy in the end. It was the cherry on top that saved this book from a two-star read. I.
0: You know, I yeah. don't think. Just, right. So sh- they mentioned, like Rourke saying something that that made Eve go in the right direction.
2: I think but, he did. I think he. I think he kind of was the one that she mentions that she, like she thanks him and says, you know, what you said kind of turned my thinking uh, on. This. I, does she say that though? I yeah, don't know does. that
0: she said that. It, she turned her thinking, but more like she never yes. thought of. She didn't think about looking at like crimes
2: yeah, yeah. she was she was sure. already
0: pointing in his direction it wasn't as though she was looking at somebody that's, else yeah. and so yeah, said something and now she's like oh my god yeah that person did it that's not what happened that's what this makes right yeah, it makes,
2: no. No, no 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 that's not yeah, what, that's not, what not, this not what makes at all. it
0: sound though like she was yeah. totally totally like yeah. in the weeds and, and then no he said idea, something and she was suddenly. like oh my god you're right this is how it is you know yeah her, yeah, no. yeah she was just not thinking about looking for light crimes, which I, you know, yes, she should probably should have right. been thinking about, but
1: yeah, but also like it didn't occur to there's her. There's lots time. of different yeah. directions to take a murder investigation. I don't know if you've read the other 800 books in this series, <laughs> uh, but she's allowed to do it a different way. Reviewer,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I know you've actually yeah. talked about this book series, so I figured you knew that, but okay,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so weird. Dumb people, people are dumb. All right, so Mm -hmm. another three star. I love this series. We know this. Well, I don't, but okay. I mean, people that follow this person probably know. These characters are charming, witty, and marvelous to spend time with. I very much wish that I wasn't now caught up with the series as now I'm left with no more books to dive into for now. With that being said, I have to honestly say this was one of the books in the series I've liked least P- possibly the worst for me. Really, and chaos <laughs> is out there, but okay. Um, I have, okay. I mean, they haven't read chaos yet, I don't <laughs> um, uh, I have enjoyed line. Eve mellowing out over the series, but still retaining her bitchy core. But some of the things that are being played out for all to see here boggles the mind that Eve and Rourke are not both raising objections to. Movie version Eve wearing an exact duplicate of real Eve's ring. Steamy love scenes of movie version Eve and Rourke, when both real Eve and Rourke are very private about that, and that Nadine, a friend, would write about same and want that published for her own gain. Also, the ending with Julian left me unsatisfied as to his actions and resulting ramifications. I guess I'm just not a big fan of our favorite couple being made out to be Uber celebrities that and the possibility for this to be a plot point dragged out in future books. The hunt to solve the crimes was still fun to read, and just reading the latest fee-body spaz is always entertaining. <laughs> okay. Why I
2: don't we spell feebody today?
1: Why is this hard know? Where? Um can we talk about the paragraph of the things that even Rourke should not be or should, should be, be raising objections? I actually yeah. don't necessarily disagree yeah. with this, but I also wonder that Nadine yeah, actually no, wrote remember. that or if it was like Hollywood push right. for the sex scenes. That feels yeah. like well okay, but we all know they have sex. Oh, that's the other thing, is like they have sex. They're they're a married and couple.
0: <laughs> and I even if the it's in Nadine's book that they have sex or if she wrote sex scenes, which it didn't sound like that, that's what it was, but maybe, um, it wouldn't, she doesn't know how it's not like she did. And then Eve told me that she did this and then Roar told me she, he did that. And then, so it's not, it's her like, you know, making a sex scene up and which, yeah, I guess would be weird, but I mean, in a, in a, in a book like that and in a movie like that, I mean, you kind of have to do it. Like,
1: yeah, like that's the thing that I expected to tell the story. So I get that. And the thing about her her wedding ring, like okay.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, why it's, is it's odd. It's like video? it's like if, you know, they were making a biopic of the Beatles and somebody complaining that they made the exact replica of John Lennon's glasses. It's like, well, you kind of have to because Yeah like
1: that's what you expect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, right.
0: Uh, I don't I mean it's her wedding yeah. and I don't think it was an it was probably not an exact replica. It was probably something that looked very similar. Right. And, yeah, because like the, where right. are they gonna
1: get that design? Yeah. It's not like Eve is a, right. a jewelry expert, like you know.
0: Right. Yeah. Um you know. And props are supposed to be that I means supposed to be like coming as close as possible to the real thing. Yeah. What is the point otherwise, you know? Yeah. Why wouldn't she have an exact replica of Eve's ring on her finger? Because she's playing Eve. and Where's that ring?
1: And Eve is a real person. Like, Like, it's not like we're doing the great Gatsby, you know, like Eve is a real person. Right. Right. You
0: know what I mean? In this world, he was
1: a real person.
0: Yeah. One thing, though, that now that we're talking about this that just popped into my head that I that is maybe interesting is that um, uh, clearly they don't have Marlo wearing a, an exact replica of the Giants tier, or she would have mentioned that, don't you think?
1: Yeah. Well, because people don't know yeah. about the Giants yeah. tier. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. He doesn't wear an yeah. outsider shirt. So, so, you know, for a reason, because that's that's the thing that's private, right. not necessarily their wedding ring.
1: Right, it's a wedding ring. Like, <laughs> right, like, um, right. It's it's not like no one's gonna right. see it. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah,
1: it's not like she's hiding it from people. People right. are gonna see it. It's a wedding ring. Um, and then lastly, the comment about Julian. Like, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to like.
2: Well, yeah, I, don't I mean, get that. I think like what right. did she want him to be yeah. punished? But yeah, like how,
1: how is how is he supposed or, to be punished from this? He was a victim well, in this too.
0: I think he she may have been talking about the story he told about you know having sex with underage girls, which is
1: concerning. But at the same time, like
2: it is. At the time, go. he didn't know. We talked about yeah. that on the. Yeah. I mean, he didn't know they were in a club, you know? I mean, he's not going to who checks the people they hook up with ID? Yeah. I mean, no nobody. nobody. Well, and also
1: like we the yeah, you're a teenager and um but you are still responsible for your actions. Like you yeah. chose you right. chose to get a fake ID and go to this club. Um right. you know, and like teenagers mm-hmm. are smart little motherfuckers and they, I mean like here's the thing, we all mm-hmm. read the fucking Crucible okay, like like <laughs> teenage girls have been causing shit their whole like forever, okay yes Like, <laughs> right. obviously the yeah. Crucible is a work of fiction but it is <laughs> how much of that is 100% like a thing that couldn't, you know, couldn't have happened so I'm just saying like
2: that could like, happen, yeah
1: People, yeah. people younger yeah. that you don't suddenly become an adult and cognizant of all of your, all of the things that could go wrong with your decisions. Like, you know, like when I turned 18, <laughs>
0: like, on which I'm, is why, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is why the adults <laughs> have to think about that prior yeah. to making their decisions when it comes to people that are teenagers. Yes. And which is, which is right. something that we'll talk about when we in, do that. Uh, yeah.
1: But in this case, like <laughs> he didn't know that they were teenagers because they had. Big right. IDs.
0: But even if this person is talking about the fact that Julian pushed um, KT and she hit her head and, and was passed out. Well, what is Eve going to do about that? like there's yeah
1: kt isn't alive yeah. to uh right and also kt her, isn't you know? alive to like press charges uh for right.
2: assault like right and he didn't kill her that's yeah. the entire point he did yeah. not kill her that was not the yeah, cause of you know
0: he probably shouldn't have done that but you know i mean what right okay right, right. but I also like yeah.
1: again he was also a victim
0: yeah
1: like he was one of yeah he was one of Joel's victims. Like I, he just, just yeah. the one that lived, you know, which,
0: <laughs> yeah. which by the way, right. those people are it's still victims. Lived.
1: Even less than who lived. I mean, yeah. but we've had, we've had lots of those in the series, people who were intended victims. Right. So like, yeah. why is Julian, you know, some of which, you know, um, unintentionally played a part in other people's master schemes. Like,
0: right.
1: I don't know. I get it. Like, I understand, like, the, you know, but Julian's a dummy dum-dum. We've talked about yeah, this. And we
0: did talk about that. He's you know, a dummy he was, dum-dum. So. He was
1: easily manipulated, yeah. You know? He's a yeah. All right. Oh, it's me again. It's you again. Three stars. Indeed. I adore this series, but this latest book just misses. And sadly, it shows in the manner in which I read it. Okay. Normally I devour these books in one sitting and I do so with an escalating feeling of suspense and exhilaration as I absorb more and more of the plot, even as a feeling of dread hits when I realize that I am 50% through the book or 75% through the book and will soon be done reading it. Wow. I picked this last book up and put it down numerous times before finishing it. And I wasn't at all unhappy about saying goodbye to this installment. The pace of this book is much slower and it shows little of the actual detective work and collaboration with EDD we've seen in previous books, which diminishes the sense of urgency normally felt throughout these books. That was all one sentence. (laughs) I I also felt the rhythm of the characters was off. Rourke and Eve are more deeply in love and more dependent on each other for emotional support as they wade through the aftermath of the happenings in the last book, but the repercussions from that last book are never truly addressed. The dialogue between Eve and Rourke was same old, same old, in a lot of ways, but the interaction between Eve and Peabody seems to have regressed. Other than an early scene between Peabody and McNabb that was truly heartwarming and mature, the character of Peabody seems to have reverted to an earlier, less secure version of the character. Eve is treating Peabody more like her aide, as opposed to her partner, which... Devalues values the relationship they've been building and that was so strongly displayed during the recent Treachery and Death. I miss the smart mouth with a heart Peabody who has grown stronger and more capable with every book. It was nice seeing more of Nadine, and I felt this, that this book allowed that character to grow a bit, but otherwise I don't see much growth here. Eve doesn't really even solve the case in my opinion. It's Rourke who offers the insight that breaks the case and that is one of several occasions where EU seems to be missing things. Perhaps this is deliberate and part of Nora's plan, and she will address it in the next book. But I don't get that sense. I am wondering if perhaps Nora is allowing the relationship-oriented books she writes as Nora Roberts to more heavily flavor the JD Rob books to their detriment, because this book has lost the edge that traditionally defined the in-death books. I'm sure it's difficult to jump back and forth between books, but I would rather have one truly great in-death book every year as opposed to two hybrid Roberts Rob books. I am a little disappointed in this book but i am not ready to let go of these characters or this series so i am going to hold out hope that the next book is a return to the grittier series i fell in love with it was very difficult
0: to read um Mm. yeah and again if this is this this was not rourke solving the case oh okay this eve had already solved it she had already figured out who it was all Rourke did was give her the idea to go look for light crimes so that she had more evidence against him, which right. which helps right. in you know charging him with the crime or or with um giving him a motive. But it yeah. doesn't she didn't he didn't solve the crime for her.
1: No. No. I'm, I'm not really sure. I I don't understand why everyone is coming to this conclusion.
0: Right. The other thing is yeah. I don't you know them her saying that um, re, the happenings of the last book and but the repercussions of that last book were were never addressed and that's incorrect because in this book I'm I incorrect. I yeah. believe it was that where they had the discussion of Rourke having changed his um normal routine to where he didn't get out of bed until Eve mm-hmm. got up because he was afraid she was going to continue to have right. nightmares, yes. and they have that whole discussion of her saying, "Like, don't do that. Don't change your yeah. routine for me. I will handle it." You know, right? So, so they did have yeah. that discussion of <laughs> ramifications that happened from the last book. Yeah, you know. So, I don't, I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know what are we talking about? And I don't think Peabody seemed more meek
2: or more devalued no, no. I, that whole thing about the whole thing about oh. peabody is ridiculous. she said crap. right
0: about it was she spelled her name right <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as opposed to I mean, Peabody yeah. or feebody <laughs> so peabody. yeah it, it's, it's so weird i mean this person just got so much wrong about it about this book like and then yeah you know i mean they at least they gave it three yeah. stars and not like a one star and then right said all this crap so
2: right they yeah. need to read
0: it again and pick up on all these things that they missed yeah that's our advice to them yes, yes.
1: We're
0: here to give
1: we're here to give advice. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> we're here to For give advice.
0: Minutes, giving advice during we review the reviews. Yep. Uh, you know, <laughs> like our like, advice is always you
1: know, our advice is always off. read a different book.
0: Fuck off. Uh,
1: <laughs> exactly. Like we're so good at
0: advice. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're so good at advice. Fuck off.
0: So,
2: Oh, God. All right. Three stars. I enjoyed it, of course. I love these books. I love Eve, even though she's getting to be a little too superhuman. This was more low-key, which was probably necessary after the last one, but it wasn't as gripping as my favorites. It's starting to gnaw at me, though, that all the main characters, the whole big circle of recurring secondary and tertiary characters, are all white and straight. In Manhattan, fifty years in the future. I mean, I can handle the droids and the air trams and the other technical hoo-ha that's just details and settle and setting and whatever. But Eve Rourke, Peabody, McNabb, Baxter Trueheart, Feeney, Somerset, Mavis, Louise, Charles, Nadine, all white and a really waspy brand of white, too. We have Leonardo as the only mixed race, mixed race semi main character and crack, a big scary black guy with a heart of gold. Yeah, uh, there's I also Whitney know how... and Tibble. Yeah. Also, like,
1: don't assume everyone is straight. uh, They're just in heterosexual relationships.
0: Thank you.
2: Exactly. Okay. Right. There you go. Yeah. And how straight are these people? Pretty damn straight. We've met gays and people of color as suspects and victims, but Eve has no gay friends, no gay detectives in her bullpen. I am white, straight, and shy living in Ottawa, and I have a more diverse (sighs) circle of acquaintances, friends and relatives, and a police detective in New York City 50 years from now. Seriously? I guess it was bugging me more than I thought. I think Nadine needs a black girlfriend and maybe True Heart needs an Asian boyfriend. That would be cool and uh, hot. <laughs> I, I well that's not going to
0: happen but okay. I mean, yeah. you know. And um, no, we have
1: talked before about the diversity and yeah, we could absolutely right. use especially racially we could use more diversity. Yeah. Um and but like we are how many books into the series where this is not where it's going to happen. Like they're not going to become main characters. These are the main characters we have. And we're not going to just suddenly be like, now if you want to imagine them, you know, of different races, like that's fine. You know, we are reading books. You can do whatever you want. Um, but the, the way that people like assume people in heterosexual relationships are are heterosexual is really annoying yeah, yeah it's true, really yeah. annoying like yeah. i promise you i promise you yeah. several of the people that that they put together easily could be not straight they're well, just in heterosexual. absolutely charles yeah. absolutely um i would i would i would put mavis in there I would yeah. again. Oh, these yeah. are all us. Mm-hmm. whatever, but like that's not. We're reading about their heterosexual relationships. so fine. I would put Peabody and McNab both of them in there. I would even put Rourke. Mm-hmm. I would even put Rourke in He's there, cool. who's maybe not actively not straight, but I. I feel like in his younger years, he, if the opportunity had come up, he may have.
0: I, yeah. But I, I don't, don't get know. that feeling but, from Rourke.
1: But well, but the other thing. The other thing is like we don't. We don't. People don't ever think about like pansexual. Um people and like what that actually means it doesn't mean that you're like actively like well I want to be in a relationship with anyone of any gender it's like I I recognize that this person is attractive and mm-hmm. that's that's why I said Rourke because I feel yeah. like he probably in his teens would be like yeah, I recognize that person as attractive I don't know but I I don't I wouldn't wash I wouldn't wash him out of that into that I wouldn't necessarily say that but who knows if you if you
0: them. look at it as is- it being being, uh, you know, a sliding scale as it is, you know, um, very rarely is somebody on completely one side of that sliding yes, scale. Exactly. You know, I mean, that's so. Yeah, I mean, if you think of Rourke that way, sure. You yeah, know. I don't,
1: I, I don't, I don't. You know, and again, but like, there are so many characters. There are so many characters in the series that, like, and I'm like, and if you do not think that yeah. Mavis is queer. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like there's there is no way, there is no right. way that Mavis is completely heterosexual. Right. And, right. If, just- and if I am wrong, if if Nora has created this character and in her brain she's like Mavis is one hundred percent heterosexual. Okay, okay, I yeah. that's fine. I'm accepting that. I'm just saying, like, like you just said, AJ, people are on a sliding scale. Most of us are, you know, some of us are, yeah, a lot more in, in a different place on that scale than leaning toward one side of it. But like, this is just a very, like, it's very, it sounds like they're shaming her for being like, Mm -hmm. you aren't diverse. You don't know how to give, give people any, you know, like you're not doing this right. Right. And it's like, you know, this is what, this is what Nora wrote and Nora's been writing this series for 30 plus years, 30 years now almost. And like, we grow and you can't just suddenly be like this book this book takes place 2 weeks after the last book that i released 6 months ago suddenly there are 6 new characters and they're all diverse like you can't that's not how that's going to work sorry not sorry yeah. like <laughs> calm right. down
0: although i mean later on yeah. in the series nora does take take pains not pains but she does she does become aware of that and she does throw in a lot more um you know gay or by yeah. characters and a lot yeah. more diversity yeah. so and we have that new who's does she did you know if if this is a criticism she saw not not necessarily here but other places or if people yeah. came to her and said that, like, hey you need to at least she took that in and took took some steps to rectify that yeah. in her own she way she did but,
1: but i'm what what I'm saying is like th- she's absolutely not obligated to. She did that because she's she not. wanted to. And right. and recognizing and recognizing probably um I feel like Nora Roberts is very aware of her own privilege being a mm. white woman. Um mm-hmm. and like cause you can't you can't change that, you know. So being aware of it is is your responsibility. Right. And I feel like she's absolutely aware of it and she recognizes that also like the viewpoint she's writing from and the stories that she's telling. She is not necessarily responsible for telling the stories that she can't write to. So whenever we get all up in arms about white writers, straight writers, not writing about those stories, one, I want them to, I absolutely want them to, I want them to give us a voice, Mm -hmm. give people of color a voice. But at the same time, I'm never going to be like, well, you're a horrible person because you were writing from a perspective that you understood. You know, like right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wish for it, but I'm also gonna be like, okay, well, you know, you're not doing anything bad by, yeah, doing, by writing about white people.
0: If there's ever, if, there, if there's any blame here, it should go toward the, um, the uh, publishers themselves, for because publishers even now need to do a better job of hiring more um, diverse authors Mm -hmm. i i remember reading uh some story somebody told of it was an author who was a romance author and they had posted a story about how they um were at like a romance writers of america or something like that one of those conventions for Mm -hmm. romance writers and Mm -hmm. it was a person of color and she was there and as an author and um she um told the story about how a representative from a big publishing house came to her and, um, said, uh, started talking her up, you know, and all this kind of stuff, how great her books are, this and that. And she said she was getting really excited because this was a person that represented a big publishing house. And she thought, Oh, maybe this person's coming to me because they're wanting to offer me a contract or they're thinking about on, you know, uh, give me a contract, and she was very excited about that. But then the person said, "I'm wondering if you could um, maybe act as a consultant. So some of my white writers that we already have could you could teach them how to write characters of color." And she was like, um, "No, I'm not going to do that. Like yeah. that's not my responsibility. And what maybe you should be doing is hiring more authors of color to write books." about, you mm-hmm. know, characters who are not white. So yeah, that's, it's a big, it's it's a thing. And it's like, you Absolutely. write what you're comfortable writing. And what we really need are more voices, are more people writing things that are diverse. People that are divorce, diverse being accepted into the fold of a, of a writing company and writing more diverse characters and writing stories about people of color, like specifically. Absolutely. And about people that are, you know, on the spectrum of um, in terms of their sex, sexuality. And so, I think that, I mean, yeah, that's when-
1: no, I think that that's really, that's, that's really the most important thing. And again, like we all want, we all want to see representation, but we also have to remember who, who should get to tell those stories and like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I already said what I, how I feel about it, you know, and like, but as as a person a little further down the sliding scale in my sexuality on this podcast than than you two, um, I I will say that like I have no problem imagining that there are characters in the series who are on somewhere on that on that sliding scale as well. They're just right. in heterosexual relationships, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, but <laughs> what did we say on basic snitches? Um, straight people are okay, I guess. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I think that's what was something like that. This was like season two, but like, I, and it's, I mean, because also again, I don't. It's like it's like shaming Nora for for literally like writing about people because they didn't think she did enough of what. Like she's a best selling author. like let her let her yeah. write, you know.
0: Shaming and if, her and if you for wanna, writing about yeah. people that are like her, and, and it's—I uh, mean, that's what authors are taught yeah. to do, right? What you know.
1: Yeah. And if and if so. you want to think that like that like Morris is bisexual, then go for it, you know. Until Nora comes out and says Morris is absolutely not bisexual, like like why not, you know? Right. <laughs> but I again, again, I just I understand that frustration. Like I w- I will give this person that, but I'm like, why are you? Why are you? being so crazy about this yeah I don't know well it needs to be said
0: but it's just you it know. does
1: need to be said but it's, it's very accusatory it's very shame on you Nora and I don't like that I'm yeah. Nora's my girl she writes my books so like let's do this let's defend her <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway sh- I'll shut up <laughs> anyway all right so we move on to the next four star review <laughs> four stars I will never tire of this series nope never. I just love Eve and Rourke and all the others. Mm-hmm. How J.D. Robb does it, I haven't a clue. I am kind of happy in one way being late to this party. I never have to wait for the next one to come out. A good friend just said to me that I will probably finish this series by the end of the year. I'm panicked for a minute thinking, what am I going to do without Eve Rourke and the whole gang?" But phew, I have a lot of 0.5 books to read. Mm. <laughs> I listened to the audio for most of this one. I absolutely love Susan Erickson. I think she does a fabulous job with these books and these characters, especially Peabody. There were some funny moments with her. Celebrity and death didn't have the same level of action or gruesome crime scene stuff as many of the others with Eve's cynicism and annoyance. Peabody's natural humor and Rourke's awesomeness. It was still a great read. Yes. So I have no, no beef with
1: Right. About. i'm concerned i also the, um, that they're looking I'm, forward to
0: the 0.5s right <laughs> yeah good luck with those but um <laughs> i'm also really wanting to get to this next one because i love that when people put in visuals <laughs> and i think i like, gave it to tara it's because right. i think tara would appreciate the visuals as well <laughs>
1: yes four stars hold on i had to drink some water um four stars This one started out pretty fun because we have our favorite characters meeting their actor counterparts who are playing them in a movie about one of the earlier cases. As usual, it's all fun and games until someone murders Peabody. Well, fake Peabody. (laughs) There is a photo of Santa
0: Claus with
1: twins on his lap. One of them is giving us the finger.
0: I love it. Which, you know. Uh, that's so when i saw that i was like yeah that's perfect it's a perfect graphic for that because the other one's like smiling and like
1: and looking a little concerned
0: (laughs) (laughs) she's she's smiling
1: because she's supposed to but she's also like i'm concerned and there's a caption that says more like an evil twin yeah uh fake peabody was such a jerk that pretty much everyone wanted to kill her i kind of wanted to kill her (laughs) And we all know how unusual it is for me to want to kill a book character. And then there is another <laughs> photo. <laughs> it's, it's, um, I, f- I feel like this meme had a name, but it's the guy with the like fucking mullet snuggling his hat yeah. and it says, look Mittens, a liar, just glaring <laughs> out at the camera. And, and then another caption, how dare you Mittens? You don't know me or you don't know my life. <laughs> when, when mcnab sees fake peabody dead he kind of freaks out a little this leads to complete and utter sweetness and happy-hearted shipping joy if we get scenes like this from him being scared i say we take him to a haunted house <laughs> <laughs> love uh, on the downside once all of the early fun of the actors settled down and the peabody mcnab scene ended the book got a little draggy it was a lot of repetitive interviews and information. There was also no excitement like chases, car crashes, fight scenes. So it really wasn't my favorite. But the books are always good, even when they aren't great.
0: Yeah, I, I really like that. That's fair. And I, I did want to say, though, that like a lot of people commenting about how their the um, scenes where they interview people were repetitive because they did it more than once. But they did it, but it was supposed to be that way because Mm -hmm. the the second time they did it was after they realized that every single person had lied to them. Right. So I don't find that repetitive. It would have been repetitive had they interviewed them, not found out anything different, and then re-interviewed them and not said anything different or asked anything different. But they did that twice because, Mm -hmm. you know. It was it was necessary when they found out that every single person had lied to them. So it was necessary to go back and re-interview them. And they don't it didn't seem repetitive to me. No, because no new one information was this. revealed in the second time. So,
1: yeah, all no right. one
2: seems to realize this.
0: So, okay.
2: yeah, no. So, OK, OK, four stars, as I've talked about many times before on the blog, the in Death books are my all time favorite series. The newest installment, Celebrity and Death by J.D. Robb, is no exception. It releases today, and fans of the series should definitely expect an awesome addition to Even Rourke's adventures. Now, as longtime fans know, these books are oftentimes pretty much the same. I obviously don't mean that as an insult. I just mean that we basically know what to expect by now. J.D. Robb definitely gave me a few things I wasn't expecting this time around, though. One of my favorite things about Celebrity and Death is that it seemed to be funnier than previous installments. There were more laugh-out-loud moments with all the characters. I definitely loved having the humor ramped up. Also, there was an adorable scene from Peabody's point of view while home with McNabb. Oh, man, so cute, you guys. You will melt. We don't get enough from her eyes. The mystery suspense was strong in Celebrity and Death as well. Figuring out the who this time was around wasn't nearly as fun as figure, figuring out the how and why. Eve has to dig pretty deep to, to come up with her case this time, and I thought it was crazy fascinating. Lots of curveballs. Seeing our beloved characters surrounded by the movie star, the movie stars playing them in the Icov Agenda movie was super fun as well. Especially Eve, since she spurns all the attention. Seeing Rourke's counterpart cracked me up, since he was in <laughs> no way close to being as swoonworthy as the real thing. The one bummer for me in Celebrity and Death was a lack of Whitney, Eve's boss, the police commander. He didn't even get to dress anybody down, y'all. I love it when that man yells at people. Anyway, I love this installment. <laughs> JD Rob better keep books <laughs> out to film my never satisfied craving for more even work. That's funny. Don't worry. I sure. love it when that man yells at people. Don't worry. She'll also <laughs> write more about Commander Whitney.
1: Like, I, yeah. I love when that man yells at people. I love that. That's great.
0: <laughs> love it. Yeah, it's really fun. It's a really good review. Okay. <laughs> next four star review. This installment to the Indes series really gives you a healthy dose of Eve, Rourke, Peabody, Nadine, and nice snippets of everyone else. It doesn't deliver the adrenaline rush that most of her books do, but I enjoyed it immensely based on the slow but witty pace and fun relationship interaction. The book is longer than the others, rounding at 400 pages, and had me chuckling and actually highlighting lines while I read. The story kicks off with the making of the movie on the Alcove case, but, you know, Icove. Icove. That Eve, Peabody, and Rourke broke, and Nadine authored. Celebrities and real-life personalities all get together for the first time during a dinner party where the actress playing Peabody is murdered, and Eve ironically turns into the lead investigator to catch the killer whose suspects include the actress playing out her life. The mystery is elusive and slow to build, since the actress Katie Harris is the anti-Peabody in real life, and just about everyone has a motive to kill her. Even yes. though Miss Harris was about one of the most useless and vile people they've ever had to investigate as a victim, she stands by the dead and won't stop until she's discovered her murderer. Because that's what Eve does. She doesn't just say, well, they got <laughs> that person's terrible. dead. I can go on to more important <laughs> things. Um, as i mentioned earlier this book doesn't have the danger at every turn pace with villains out to take eve down which is actually a nice change of pace instead we get to follow a frustrated and sarcastic eve interacting with her everyday friends in endless amounts of witty banter i love when eve keeps screwing up sayings and the book is chock full of eveisms such as eve She's spread the chickens in many coops. Peabody, I think that's eggs and baskets. Mm -hmm. Or Eve, hell's got nothing on a woman dumped. Rourke, or words to that effect. (laughs) Eve, she's the one spinning the promotion wheel and KT's threatening to throw flyers in it. Rourke, that's wrench, but just the same. (laughs) (laughs) The dialogue doesn't miss a beat and I simply love how these characters get together and know one another so well. Nadine is a great part of this too with Eve. Their combustible snark and teamwork makes the story completely rewarding. Although limited in their interaction, there are some great moments with Morris, McNabb, Mira, and a hysterically awkward scene with Feeney that round the story out. I would have liked a faster pace throughout but the healthy dose of Eve and the gang has definitely cured my craving for now. I'm definitely looking forward to reading the next installment as the story shows, you just don't know what you're going to get, but it's always satisfying. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely love this review as well. Yep. That's a good one. Somebody that actually gets it, which is nice. Right. So
1: I, I I appreciate that they also mentioned just like it was kind of a nice change of pace, you know. About yeah, no one's trying to kill Eve,
0: <laughs> right. right
1: today? Yeah, <laughs> today. And that's
0: for those people that you know always say like these books are always the same, right? Because they're not. No, so
1: only trying to eat kill even most of the books, not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> right? Come on. <laughs> okay. Five stars, friends. Yay. Five stars. I'm glad I reread Origin and Death before Celebrity and Death. It probably wasn't strictly necessary, but having the details fresh in my mind added on an extra layer of fun for me. Anywho, I practically stood on the front porch waiting for the UPS guy (laughs) and promptly devoured the book in about two hours. Probably going to reread parts before bed. So what to tell you? Well, the person I thought did it, didn't. Did it, didn't. (laughs) Eve gets another (laughs) mag coat and there are some terrific Peabody McNabb moments. Nadine also gets some excellent screen time. Rob also introduces a new supporting character, whom I suspect will be important later on. Oh, and there was a great little scene between Eve and Morris that I adored. I have two quibbles, however. Firstly, you might end up thinking I have a gutter mind, but there's the situation. So a sex vid becomes evidence, and Eve brings it to Feeney for analyzation. Um... They have to play it a bit. And of course, they're embarrassed because they're practically father daughter. So they're all awkward with this sex vid playing. And then Feeny goes, that's enough for the anal oh, okay for the anal now <laughs> i get why well, you're mad okay. <laughs> but will you just read it it just says <laughs> that's enough for the anal page 174 it's obviously an abbreviation but come on yeah we've talked about this one that's very, <laughs> I just, yeah i just haven't had to say it out loud yet so here we go secondly bell makes a brief cameo Now, the book takes place in October, and according to the good people of Wiki and Death, the year is, yeah, the year is 2060, this would make Belle between nine to ten months old. Peabody reinforces this by saying she's less than a year old. I don't have kids, but should Belle really be walking and talking at that young of an age? I can see her recognizing different people, but I don't know. She's definitely, she seems oddly advanced for her age. Perhaps Rob just wants us to chalk it up to Belle being gifted. I'll leave you now with two of my favorite quotes from the book. They're all out of context, so they shouldn't be too spoilery. Rourke could have opened it in two seconds, maybe less, and probably just with the power of his mind. Eve watched her walk away on her impractical shoes, then got up to find Peabody and make sure she hadn't been eaten by (laughs) squirrels. (laughs) Yeah. Those are both fucking great quotes.
0: (laughs) So yeah, the thing with P- with the uh, bell was something that we talked about a lot on the yeah. on the forum, whether or not she would be
2: walking and
0: talking walking, at that uh, age.
2: Walking, yeah, I know yeah, a lot absolutely. of kids that walk nine, ten months. The talking, yeah, eh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> know. <laughs> that's yeah. Tough.
0: I mean, For a she second. was saying, you know. I mean, she was saying one or two words, which yeah. doesn't seem that outrageous to me. Right. If the she was just saying full sentences, yes, then, yeah. you know, then that's a problem. Yeah. But to say one or two words, you know, and especially yeah. to like recognize, yeah, they like, have a, a word that they use for a certain person is not unusual, I don't think. No, that's fair. So. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, still a great review. Yeah. So. Fun times. Oh,
2: is this mine? <laughs> yep. Is it you? All right. <laughs> Five stars. This is another good book in the In Death series. That's right. The more books uh-huh. I read in this series, the more I love all the characters. I start each book anxious to find out what we will learn about my favorite characters. The murder in this book is the death of the actress playing Peabody in the ICOVID movie based on the Nadine book. It's a good mystery, a little lighter than some of the previous books. Eve still deals with nightmares and her pain is Rourke's pain. It is just perfect how Rourke loves Eve in every way that she needs it. Even McNabb, Mira, Feeny, Mavis, and the rest of the team are the perfect complement to the book. They add perfectly to whatever is needed anxiety, comic relief, information to tell the story. Update. This time around I listened to the audio. I still love this story as much as I did before. The even Rourke moments are touching as Eve and Rourke are still recovered from recovering from Eve's trip to Dallas. The way the trip impacts work and how he adjusted his schedule to be present for Eve is loving and emotional. Susan Erickson brings all the feels to the heart. Woo! Great cool. laughs from Peabody. And yeah. Peabody reveals her true self. The police procedural is well done as Eve maneuvers around the Hollywood crowd. A big Y.E.A. for Nadine in this story. Celebrity and death is still five stars in my opinion. I think that's yay, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like a um, YEA. YEA! Y-E-A. It, right? <laughs> Big YEA.
0: I love it. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. All right. So next one. Five stars. This is another great in-depth book. I like the coat too. I'm totally with Eve on the shoes and clothes. If it's not comfortable, why kill yourself trying to wear it? Great sense of humor scenes, some verbal kicking A. Like the gag reel, and of course the characters were great. Another book on the keeper shelf, but in death books are obvious keepers. I like the twist toward the end and am never exactly sure how it'll turn out. Gotta love it. Enjoy. Yay. <laughs> okay.
1: we so it's, will. Like, it's, it's like a big like, you know, like cheer cheerleading type of thing. You're yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, go do this. Go this. <laughs> Check yeah. it all this. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also like that I'm totally with Eve. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: If it's not comfortable, why kill kill yourself wearing it? <laughs> yep. Like I'm 100% there too. So fun. Okay. Um the, this I think this is the yeah, last one.
1: Yeah, this is our one. last one. one last one. Ooh, five stars. I just loved this book. J.D. Robb has kept up the quality and made her AKA Nora Roberts and Eve Dallas icons of the police procedural genre. I've read every book in this series except the last few and decided it was time to catch up. I guess it's been a couple of years since I spent an afternoon with Eve Dallas, the prickly and wonderful super detective, she who stands for the dead and her fabulous, gorgeous billionaire husband, Rourke celebrity and death was just like coming home or like slipping into an old comfortable pair of shoes. Not that there is an angst galore, murder and mayhem in abundance, but it's got a lot less of Dallas's personal backstory than the last few I've read. It seems that Eve is finally learning to cope with her past with the horrors that turned an abused eight-year-old into the estimable Lieutenant Eve Dallas of the NYPSD. This allows Ms. Rob to concentrate more on the victims and suspects than on Eve's internal struggles. And Ms. Rob does that here too in spades. There are more red herrings, more suspects, more motives, faked alibis, and both evil and innocent victims than in most of the previous books in the series. I sort of knew who was likely to be the killer early on, but there was just enough misdirection and red herrings to never be entirely sure until the light bulb flicks on over Eve's head. The motive was not what one might expect, for it turns out that one of her suspects is, in reality, a serial killer who has been getting away with murder for years. I also like that Celebrity and Death is about celebrities. It gives Ms. Robb the opportunity to paint much more vivid and plentiful suspects than she normally does. And all of it related back to a movie about Eve and her partner Peabody, which sort of makes it a play within a play. A set of nested Faberge. Faberge. I've never seen that word printed out. A set <laughs> of nested Faberge eggs with an unusual and iconic death to the plot that existed in no other Eve Dallas book. This review is a bit late, by about three years, to be meaningful to many people, but I just enjoyed this book and Ms. Robb's masterful writing so much that I wanted to share it with others. You might say I was compelled to write this review by a book that both fascinated and moved me. I'm off to read another one.
0: Oh, yeah! And I do want to point out that this review was done by a man, so I... Oh, wow. I... Even love it even more, yeah,
2: for real, <laughs> right because
0: she was so glowing in this review and didn't like you know, oh, this woman writer did all these things wrong that I feel like you know, which we get in a lot in a lot of yeah. cases when we have male reviewers, but um yeah, I mean I 100 percent love that this guy just loved this book and loves great. the series, and you know, good for you dude, yeah, good for yeah, you thank you, you. yeah.
2: Thank you for being a nice boy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So I guess we, from here, go on to podcast business. Yeah. So we do have a new patron uh, this week. Our new patron is Andrea. Thank
1: Thank you, Andrea. Andrea.
0: Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And if you want to be a patron, just go to patreon.com and you can become a patron. And, and um, if you do that, you're, what you get is at, at every level, you get the, uh, episode early. If I get it done early, um, and you get our second podcast with, which is called the briefing room, which we just basically bullshit for a half an hour or so, <laughs> but it's still fun, you know, it is, it is. <laughs> um, And uh, if you give at a certain level, if you give at the detective level, then you get swag, you know, too. So that's really cool. Um, But yeah, thank you very much, Andrea, for being coming. Um, I don't think we had any kind of any like emails or anything this time around. Lots of good discussion on Facebook.
1: Yeah. Recently.
0: Um. So that's, that's nice to see um, a lot of people, at, you know, giving us suggestions, really good suggestions Thank for, you. for yeah uh, episodes. And uh, one of those people is um, Melanie Johnson. I love Melanie. Melanie's fantastic. And um, she had a lot to say about the last episode or the last few episodes. She's also been binging uh, basic snitches too. Yes, according to her. Own. I know we love that. <laughs> and um, then Melanie said she had an idea for an upcoming episode, and she wanted to kind of flesh it out. But I told her if she has a, um, because she's been on the show before, so I told mm-hmm. her if she has yeah. any other ideas for episodes, let me know, and we'll have her on again. Yep. And she does have a really interesting idea for an upcoming episode. She said she's just too busy right now because she's a teacher. Yeah. With school um to really kind of flesh it out but she said when she when she does that she'll let me know and then we can have that's her awesome. back on the show it's Sounds we're looking forward great. to it because yeah. yeah she's she's yeah. she's fantastic so yes and i guess that's it unless you guys was has anything come up this week on facebook nope. or anything else that you need nope. to talk about
2: i don't think so
0: so, all right, I guess that's it for yeah. this episode of Podcast and Test. So, well, if you want to get a hold of us, you know how to reach us. Go to any of our social medias, um, go to our Facebook group, and join there. When you join the Facebook group, please answer the the um, <laughs> the, question the question there because a lot of people will, you know, uh-huh. we have we have a security question that you need to answer first, yep. and a lot of people forget to answer that or don't see it or I don't know what. But it doesn't get answered, then I have to reject you because yeah. yep. Um, yep. you didn't answer the question. So make sure you do that if you join our Facebook group. Um, if you don't want to join Facebook, Facebook group or on Instagram, if you're on Instagram, um, if, if you don't want to do that, then you could just send us an email and yep. uh, get a hold of us that way. And you can send an email to show at podcastanddeath.com um, or you can call the number. Uh, the number is, I have to look at it every time, 205 476 2753. And that spells out 2054 Rourke. And um, I think that's it for this yep. episode of Podcast and Death. So, for Podcast and Death, this is AJ. I'm Jen. This is Tara. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye, guys.
2: Bye, guys.
0: Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to podcast in death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only. And do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast In-Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes. Are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-476-2753. That spells out two zero five. For Rourke. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, "Fucking slatcha to you."